You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Um, Last night I was at the church. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. (laughs) Last night I was at the church and... um, Joe and Arelli came, and they didn't know I was going to be here, and they were going to drop off a little gifty for me to find this morning, but I was there, and I caught them. And when they left, I was just like, they know me. They brought me cookies. And I just felt so, my heart just felt so full, so so grateful and thankful for my community, my church family. just feel very full. My heart feels very full. It's really, like Tony said, it's it's awesome that I, I don't just, I'm not just up here doing this for Jesus. I get to do it with him. I get to do this with God. I'm not just reading through the Bible and reciting things I've memorized for him. I'm actually doing this with him. And and it's, it's one of the coolest experiences in the world to, to partner with him when I speak because I get to have a conversation with him and with you and we get to commune together. I, as I commune with the Father, I also get to commune with you guys, and and we just come into unity and in what God is speaking, and it's it's really powerful and awesome. But in order to do this with God and not just for God, it's important that I allow His nature to be on the throne of my heart. Because when I put the nature of God on the throne of my heart, then I get to do things with him. Then his very nature is released. See, if if I don't know the nature of God, then I'm releasing my feelings as my truth. I release what I feel to be true in the moment as the ultimate truth. When you know the nature of God, you know that he's good, you know that he's for you, and and you release the goodness and the kindness over people. When we have the nature of God enthroned on our heart, we, 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 can, we look at life differently. Our perspective changes. When darkness comes, it seems like we're kind of in a time of darkness. When darkness comes, there's an opportunity for us to be the light or to go dark with everybody else. And I believe that when we have the nature of God enthroned on our hearts, we actually are allowing that to activate the supernatural in our life and to activate the truth of who God is to be released in our circumstance, in our situation. And we see God bring people and to who they were always created to be. Once, once we can really grab a hold of who he is, then we can grab a hold of our identity. It's like going back to the water, I like to say. Before man made mirrors for us to see our own reflection, 
and to decide who we are from looking at ourselves in the mirror. We had to go to the water. And in Genesis, we see God looking over the water and, and looking at himself and then from there creating man in his own image and his very likeness. So I like to say when I'm looking for who I am, I want to go back to the water where it all started. I, I want to look into the eyes, not just my reflection, not just how I feel to tell me who I am or what my life's going to look like, but I want to go back to the water and look at the eyes of my maker who, who designed me where it all started. When I can look in his eyes and and really know him. You know, in, in one of my prayer times this week, I just sat and I, and I asked the Lord, I said, God, what do you sound like? Holy Spirit, what do you sound like? Jesus, what do you sound like? God, what do you smell like? When you walk into a room, what's the fragrance that you smell like? Jesus, what do you smell like? What's the fragrance that, when I, what do you smell like? Holy Spirit, what's the fragrance that's released when you come into the room and, and you invite us into the closeness of your heart? Because I want to know him. I want to know him. That was one of the, that was one of the, the questions that Jesus had on his heart. It was really important to him that the disciples, his closest friends, the ones who had been there from the beginning with him, to know him. In John through 14 and 15 and 16 on to 17, these are the hours before and into the moments before Jesus was taken to be put on trial. And the question that was burning in his heart was, do you know me? The disciples wanted him to prove. They were kind of freaking out, like you're talking about going away from us. And Jesus is like, look, I'm going to go away. I need you guys to understand this. Like Jesus knew that, that his time was coming. His time had come. And Look, I need you to understand. I'm going to go away for a while, but I'm going to be back. I, I, I'm not going to abandon you. And they're saying, okay, you're going to go to the Father. Well, just show us the Father now, and then we'll believe. That's all the proof we need. Just show, us, show him, him now, and we'll totally believe. And he, and he says, have you not been with me all this time? Do you not know me? He says in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, but Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Hebrews says that Jesus was the exact representation of the Father in the earth. Skipping on up to John 17. After going over back and forth with the disciples, assuring them that you know me, so you know God. You're good with God. You're good with him. You've known me. We, we've created intimacy. You, you know me, so you know him. He prays a prayer over the disciples moments before he's taken by the guards. And in that prayer, he says, now this is eternal life, that you know me that they know you, God. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life. 
that we know him. Have, I think there are moments of my life where I made eternal life about a destination, a place that I was going to, or a place that I was getting away from. <laughs> and that was my eternal life. That was my promise. But Jesus says, says here, and we see it time and time again, eternal life is that we know him, really know him, really know him. I think that sometimes I have in my life been guilty of getting familiar with Jesus being one with me, getting so familiar that I can grow callous to the, the holiness of the union that I have with him. In my eternal life, my eternity became about doing it for him to get somewhere. And it, it wasn't, and I grew callous to the holiness of the union that I had with him. That he was actually saying, that's, that's beautiful and that's amazing, but do you know me? Because I know you and I love you and I want to be with you. And I'm here right now. The, the full trinity is completely and fully engaged with me right now in this moment. And I get to deliver my heart connected to his heart with him to you this morning because the full trinity is fully engaged with me and that's got to look like something in every moment of every day the full trinity is engaged with me And in our lives, what's the fruit of that? What does it look like? What does that look like? That's got to look like something powerful. That's got to look like something holy. And it, it, it puts so much life to the words when Jesus says, be holy for I am holy. I'm fully engaged with you. That looks like something. You know, in, in any other instance, the idea of me being out of control of what I do because I am labeled as something like sinner does not work. Let me explain. When I say that 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 I can't I can't live holy, I cannot live out of the holiness, I cannot correct my behavior, I cannot control my behavior because I am a sinner and that's just what I'll do, but I can try hard, but it's just what I will do. It's what I will produce because I'm a sinner and that, that is who I am. You know, have you ever gave that as an excuse for not coming through on your diet? You change your diet plans, but it's like, you know, it, I'm just not a diet person, and so I'm probably just going to continue to eat terribly because I don't, it's just who I am. And so the willpower just isn't there. I'm not going to produce a healthy diet in my life because it's just not who I am. No, what I would say to you is that just change your habits. You know, there are practical things that you do when you make a choice to live healthy, healthy living looks like something. There's practical choices to make along the way for healthy living to look like something. I choose to eat well and treat my body kind because I choose healthy living. 
And if I choose to eat cake for breakfast, it's a choice that I make. But it, in the moment, the choice that I make came from a long line of unhealthy thinking that I have grown accustomed to and made a habit in my life. You following me? If we continue to choose what is not good for us, because there's probably a miscalculation of what we think the nature of God is for our lives. Because if his will is good and perfect, and we know that he, he is for us and for our good, and we keep reproducing things that are not for our good in our lives, there's probably a lie in there that we're believing about his nature towards us and what his will is for us. Is it really that good? Is he really that kind? Maybe I deserve this because of my behavior. Maybe I deserve this. You know, when that's why knowing the nature of God is so important because if I believe that God came to punish after the cross, even though the cross took every punishment we ever deserved, it all was in Jesus. The cross was enough. The cross was enough. All of the punishment was taken on the cross. When Jesus came, his sacrifice on the cross, his body broken, was broken to produce our wholeness, to redeem our brokenness so that we could produce wholeness. His, there were stripes on his back so that it could redeem our sickness. It could redeem our disease and, and, and could produce wholeness, healed, delivered. His image was marred beyond any man so that it could redeem the, the image of sin that was put on us from Adam and redeem that so that now we can step into the very image reconciled back to our original design. And made in the image, in the likeness of God. No, lo no longer with this ugly sin nature. In all, all of the wrath of God, all of the anger of God, all of the punishment that was necessary because where there was sin, there had to be punishment right here on this side of heaven. And Jesus took that on the cross because he was enough. And when we say that we're still tied to the very thing that Jesus gave his life for to set us free from, what we are saying is he was not enough. And what he did was not enough for me to produce wholeness, for me to step into the wholeness that he paid for. He brought us wholeness, not just in our minds, not just in our hearts, but our bodies. He paid for our rights to be whole. So if we're not seeing that being produced in our lives, it's not because God's will is for us to be broken. It's not because um, this is just the lot that we have in life. There is a choice we are making to stay in our brokenness. There are choices that we're making to stay in our brokenness. There's justifications that we're making to stay in our brokenness because the cross paid for it, so that means I have access to it. And that's why knowing his nature is so important because if I believe it's his, his will for me, I will not step into what he paid for. 
If I believe it's his will for me to be sick, I will not pray against God's will. That would be disobedience. And we see that in the life of Jesus. He came into the earth and he healed, he set free, he delivered, he rose the dead. Like Jesus, if that was God's will, Jesus was in complete contradiction to God's will in the earth. And it says that he's the exact representation of the nature of God, of God the Father himself. That's what Jesus was to the earth. Jesus, Jesus was actually the very heart of the Father for humanity wrapped in flesh in the earth. And he came to release the nature of God so that creation could, that was crying out for the sons and daughters to be revealed, that, that the nature of God that Jesus was carrying as a man because we know that he came and he laid down all, he laid down his deity. He laid down all of his rights to godliness and he came as a man. And so the very nature of God that he carried, he says, everything I do, it's because I see the father doing it. Everything I say, it's because I, I hear the father saying it. It was a man, soul, it, Jesus is God, we know that. But when he walked the earth, he laid his godliness aside so that he could walk as a man fully dependent on on his father. So he's walking as a son fully in his identity, releasing the very nature of God in the creation at the same time as crying out for the sons and daughters to be revealed. So the sons and daughters who do not know that they're sons and daughters yet, the people who are orphaned are crying out and butting up against the truth of the nature of God that Jesus is releasing in the earth. And they're coming and they're asking him questions and all of these things and they're butting up against it. And I believe that after the cross, the same thing was happening with the disciples. And that's why when they walked through the earth, there's something that happens. The earth responds to the image of God that's inside of us, that's upon us, that's around us. The earth responds. Because the earth, we know it's crying out for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed, right? So what I see is this picture of us walking fully. When we enthrone the nature of God on our hearts and we know, man, this virus can't come from God because the punishment for, uh, for the entire world was done away with at the cross. It was completely wrapped up in the cross. Everything. And so God didn't give his whole entire life do that on the cross and then still need to tie up loose ends later by punish, punishing us here and there when we really deserve it. So we know the nature of God. So when this virus comes, we know this isn't from God. So guess what? I am a daughter and I have rights to what the cross paid for. And so I'm going to crush this virus and I'm going to pray against what is not the will of God and pray the will of God into the earth. Because the earth is crying out for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And that's me and that's you. But in the same way, the, the ones who still feel like they're orphaned and don't know their sons and daughters, they're crying out too. They're a part of creation. They're crying out. Who is going to reveal the son, the son that I am? Who is going to reveal the daughter that I am? Because when we carry the image of God, I, I, I believe that I, I, people will... will come up against that truth. When we release the nature of God, there's nothing that I've, I have seen where Christians alike and, and people alike will come up against with, with just hatred for people who will say that God is good. They will come up against that truth so hard. But listen, this is why I believe that happens. Because there's something inside of them that's crying out for, for the very nature of God to be revealed, not just who God is, but inside of them too. And I believe that is why when, when, the, when, the, when the disciples walked, when Paul walked, when Peter walked, and they would walk in their shadows, would heal people. I don't just think it was because they were super holy. I think it was because they, they walked as sons and daughters of God, and the very image that they carried, the creation around them responded to the image of God. And they respond, and people were oh, I'm stepping into wholeness because I see the nature of God is for me to be whole. I'm stepping into healing because I see that the nature of God is for me to be healed. 
And so as we, when we walk with the nature of God, it is being released in the earth. And don't be afraid or discouraged when people come so hard and butt up against that truth that you're releasing. Because it is doing something and creation is responding. And people are looking for you not to have the right answer to say. Not for you to have the right scriptures to back it up. Not for you to have the greatest comeback to share with the whole world. Not for you to make them look like a fool with what you know. But for when they butt up against your truth to say, call out the gold in them. To reveal that they're a son and that they're a daughter. Because that, I believe that's, that's what's causing the stir. And, as we, 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 and when we learn to do that, when we get, catch hold of the very nature of God... When we walk into darkness, the light shines. Let your light so shine. I love Corey Ten, Ten Boom's uh, idea in her book of, you know, when it's the darkest, you look up and see that you're underneath the shadow of his wings. <laughs> see, that's the thing. As sons and daughters of God in the earth with when we know the nature of God and we have it enthroned on our hearts, when we know him as Jesus, the cry of his heart for his disciples to know him, when we know him, when it becomes the darkest, we don't go low and, and, and go dark with the rest of the world. We look up because we expect to see the shadow of his wings. We look up because we expect the goodness of God to be in the darkest of places. We look up and we expect to see the light of God leading the way through the dark valley. We look up and when we look up and we see the eyes of our father and the nature of his heart being released, we realize I am fully engaged with the Trinity and he lives inside of me and the very light of God is shining through me and I will be the light in the darkness. I will be the voice of truth in the valley. I will be the light. Woo! And you know, we cannot, just as Paul says, can't boast. We can't boast in this because it's not I who live, but he who lives in me. It's not about what I can do and what I can bring. It's actually about me sitting back and resting in the God who's engaged with me, resting in what the cross paid for me to have access to so I actually don't have to work anything up. It's like just a leaning back, just a leaning back into the, the nature of God. When I lean back into the nature of God, I can see that through it all, he carries me, he fights for me, he stands beside me, he's the light in the darkness. You can sing those words all day long, but it, it's not until you're in the darkness that you truly meet the goodness of God. You truly meet him there and say, this is who you're going to be to me. I can sing all day long that I'll shout from the top of my lungs that you're good even when the storm comes. But when the storm comes, will you find me resting in his arms? Or will you find me with a three life jackets on, getting the boats down, paddling out? Will you find me resting in his arms? Sometimes we just need to, just to lean back. Lean back. I am putting too much muscle into this. I just need to lean back. And I know that he's got me. I'm getting too sweaty, trying to work up faith. I need to lean back and know that he's got me. 
I'm getting too, my heart rate's going up listening to the news. I need to lean back and know that he's got me. I need to look into his eyes and see who he sees me as. Look into his eyes and see his will. And it's always going to line up with the truth, what we find here. In Jesus' life. That's what we look to, to know him, to find his character. And we can see where, where our, our idea of his character gets all wonky. In our lives, we start to believe that just because I feel it, it must be so. And I, I'm going to tell this story. I remember years ago starting to feel very anxious. And, and I remember be, just being on the verge of having a panic attack and hyperventilating in the basement, you know, trying to get find what clothes I was going to wear to go somewhere. And it was all very irrational because I wasn't late. I just was like worried about having everything together. And I walk upstairs and I'm just like, this is, I'm talking myself down. I'm like, you're going to be okay. Everything's fine. We're good here. We're gonna, this is going to be great. You know, the lies that we tell ourselves that we think we believe in the moment. And um, my husband looks at me, and he's like, he's looking at me, and I, I, I say, honey, I don't, this isn't like me. I don't know why, it's not like me to be so anxious. And he just looks at me, and he says, well, that's it right there, babe. That's not who you are. It isn't like you, so that's not who you are. And it was as if, that, that's such a simple thing to say, which shout out to my, my honey, love you. Um, such a simple thing to say, but it was like those big block letters, just like, not who you are. And it's like, it like activated a truth inside of my heart. And because that truth hit me, it was like, all of a sudden, I know that I have access to what's, what's true. Just because I'm feeling something doesn't mean it's who I, who I am. It doesn't mean it has to be my reality. Just because I, I, I feel like I'm going to forget something doesn't mean I have to forget something. Just because I feel in a moment that I'm alone and nobody cares about me and, and, no, and nobody's thinking about me and nobody loves me does not make that a t true. Just because I feel a certain way, it doesn't make it true. When, we de when I decide that how I feel is my truth, then, then what I will do is everything in my life, is the, my truth about it is going to be determined how, how I feel towards it. My truth about when I read the word is going to be about how I feel towards it. My truth in my relationships about whether or not people are for me and on my side is going to be how I feel in the mo moment to moment. And, and, and when I decide that how I, my emotions are going to equal out my truth, then I completely miss the truth, what I do is I, I chain. So what, what is truth to? Truth sets us free. I will not, my emotions cannot set me free from anything. And so what I'm doing is the very thing that the cross paid for me, the truth of the word to set me free from, from these negative emotions, I actually reverse it. And I chain myself to my emotions and allow it to rule me. And I, and I keep my, I put a wall up with the truth, the one thing that can actually set me free. And I take the thing that, that truth came to set me free from and, tell, and allow that to be the truth in my life. 
and allow that to lead me in moments, in hard-pressed moments, in chaos, in confrontation. When I don't understand, when I don't feel God, when I don't hear God, I allow my truth to be whatever my emotion. You, you see, what I can do in a moment, when, on a, a pressured moment, is I will feel a certain way because of whatever thing. And then I create a story to justify my feeling. And that story becomes my truth now. And I create my own realities in my life that are completely um, huge assumptions and completely um, delusional realities that I create. And then I walk through life with my delusional reality and I'm like, well, the last person, they really did me wrong. So this person gave me this weird face when I was talking. So I felt that anxiety come up and I'm like, uh-uh, here's my story. You don't like me, you're not for me, and you are gonna do me wrong. So my story now is that person is a bad person. That person is an untrustworthy person. And then we get together with our friends and we're like, oh, I don't know, watch out for them because they're just giving me some weird vibes. And our story becomes our truth and there's no way that someone's talking us out of our truth because our truth is sacred to us. And when someone comes along and says, oh, well, well what happened? Because I've never, I know them. And they would never do that. that would, that's not their heart. Have you asked them about it? Well, no. But my story is justifying my truth about them. Just because someone does something that makes us feel a certain way does not give us a justica justification to assume the intent behind what they did. The only way we can clear that up is by going, being humble and vulnerable, and saying, hey, this is the story I'm telling myself. Is it true? Because I need to know. Scary. It's not. It's beautiful, and, and it's so necessary. And that's just some relational stuff, but in so many other ways, I can take how I feel towards something and make it my truth, and it becomes my reality that I live in, and anyone or anything that opposes my truth. We hear that all the time. This is my truth. You have your truth, and I have my truth. But I want to tell you this morning that there's one truth. Jesus is the truth. And if it's not inside of the nature of God, then it's a lie, my friends. If it doesn't line up with the nature and the character of God, it's a lie. And you're living in a reality and you're chained to an emotion and you're justifying it. Just because I feel something doesn't mean it's true. I've had countless, countless conversations, beautiful conversations with people who had a story of because of how they felt in a moment. What is our story that we've made up our truth about who God is? What have we felt because of our circumstances or because of good, good people, good Christian folk who've heard us? What, what are, what's our story that we've made up to become our truth about who God is and his character and his nature? He doesn't want you to be broken. He doesn't want you to be sick. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be well. Mind, body, spirit, whole. He paid for wholeness. We have rights to it. We have rights to it. When I allow truth to set me free from my emotions, to set me free from my assumptions, to set me free from my pain and my story,
that's when I allow my heart to be wide open to the very nature of God to activate his goodness inside of me, to activate what he paid for for me to be whole, whole, mind, body, spirit, whole, in my thinking, in my dreaming. Yes, the thoughts and the emotions, whole, completely whole. When I allow the truth to set me free, his nature is activated in my life. And, and I, can, I can stand in, in the middle of the dark and, and never lose his gaze. The darkness around me, the voices around me, I know my shepherd's voice. I know the voice of my father. I can pick it out of a crowd. I believe that the Lord is, is calling out to the creatives in this season. The creatives to release the nature of God into the earth with their, with their art and, and with their songs that they're writing. Because when we carry the nature of God, when the world goes dark, we shine bright. When the world looks down and goes dark, we look up and and we're comforted by the shadow of his wings. We paint the picture of the shadow of his wings. We sing the prophetic song that releases the nature of God into the earth. The earth is crying out for the nature of God to be revealed. And listen, this morning I believe Holy Spirit wants you to know he's engaged with you. Father God is engaged with you. Jesus, the anointed one, is engaged with you. Don't let the world shut you up. Don't let the circumstances and the heaviness and the emotions that you may have been feeling from moment to moment shut you up or change your truth about who God is. Because he does not change. Regardless of how we feel, he doesn't change. <laughs> and that's good news. It's such good news. Don't let the world tell you that you can't have joy during this time. Because that means that you're not sensitive to what's happening with people dying and being sick. The truth is that we need the joy of the Lord. It's actually sacred. It's actually holy. He paid a very high price. It says, for the joy of the Lord set before him, he endured the cross. He paid a high price so that you could have joy and joy to the fullest. And our joy is what we need as the bride of Christ to be our strength in this season. If we want to release strength into the earth, we need to release some laughter this morning. We need to release the joy of the Lord so that the echo of his nature can be heard in the earth. <laughs> He's fully engaged with you right where you are in this moment. What do you have you were made in the image of God. You have something unique on the inside of your design, how he created you. When you come into the realization that he paid for your holiness, will you step into that this morning? You have something to release into the world. You have something to release into the earth, a piece of his nature, a piece of his face and of his heart. What do you have to release into the earth this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We're, we're in a season of closeness with the Lord as the body. We're going back to the living room worship. We're going back to the communion table. We're going back 
to what it was like to just sit and, 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 and memorize the aroma of our first love. What he smells like, really know him. From that place of intimacy, what can we release into the earth? What is our response to knowing him, to being whole? I believe that, that we, we are the difference makers right now. We are the difference makers. This is the church's time to shine. Let your light so shine. This is the bride's time to be the voice of our beloved in the earth. And I'm so, 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 so grateful and thankful that I get to do this with him. That I'm not alone in it. That he's with me. I want to pray for you this morning. And I believe that as I pray, that the awareness of the Trinity being fully engaged with you is going to be released into your homes. And as we position our heart together in unity for the very nature of God to be on the throne of our lives, to be the only truth, that God is going to start bringing the full reward that he paid for with your wholeness onto your bodies in Jesus' name. So, Jesus, I thank you right now. I thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in the earth for the goodness that you're releasing through your sons and daughters, through your nature that you're releasing through your sons and daughters. But I thank you for the wholeness. Your body was broken so that we could be whole. I thank you, God, for wholeness coming over our minds and our hearts and over our health and our bodies in Jesus' name. Over our bodies' response to emotion and heaviness and perversion and confusion. I thank you, God, for bringing wholeness to our bodies in Jesus' name. Right now in this moment, I thank you for being fully engaged with your children, God. For being fully engaged with each heart right now, releasing your nature over us, God. Every question completely obliterated with your love, God. Thank you, Jesus, for releasing the joy to echo your nature into the earth, into every home in this moment, God. <laughs> yeah, the joy that you paid such a high price for with your life, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for every sound, every laugh, every song, God, being lifted up right now in every home, <laughs> that it's actually giving our spirits stature and strength to stand when no one else will, to stand when our circumstances say get low, to stand in the face of hopelessness and hope anyways. <laughs> I thank you, God. I thank you for what you're doing now. I bless everyone, every single one. Say increase on their life. Increase on their life. I thank you for financial stability, God, in the church. 
in our body, in your children, that financial stability will come right now, Jesus, that we will be the ones who are generous, that we will be the givers, that we will be the lenders, God, that we will be the ones who take off our coats and give it to the needy, Jesus, that we will be the one, we will be the lenders, not the borrowers, God, that our, our cups will run over, our cabinets will run over, God, that everything that we need, I thank you for being and meeting our need right now in Jesus' name, releasing financial miracles in the name of Jesus to where we were lacking, now we're abundant in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that the church will be recognized as generosity in the earth. so good, God. <laughs> You're so good. You're so good. Thanks for your nature getting out. Your love getting out beyond the walls and into our homes, the most sacred place within our families. Our neighbors being whacked by the presence of God leaking out of each home. <laughs> God, would you bring back people laid out in the streets? Would you bring back people laid out in the grocery stores? Because your love and your nature is getting out. Would you bring back, whoa, sons and daughters being so full of your love? They can't help but get out and touch the people around them. I bless you. I bless each and every one of you. We love you. Our Revive leadership team is praying for you. We're interceding for you. And we just bless you guys. We cannot wait to see your faces very, very soon. But until then, we love you. And we'll see you Wednesday night at 630. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.